So, hi, he's Florian, and I have today a new podcast guest, so I would say introduce yourself. Hi, Florian. My name is Jana. I'm a senior product manager at Haycar. Haycar is a used car marketplace, and I've been with this company now for two years, and uh, two years ago, that was exactly the month when the platform went live. So I've been with this company since launch, and it was a really exciting ride so far. So... How did you get this position? <laughs> yes, at some point I realized that product management is a super exciting role and uh, something that I really wanted um, to become, a product manager. Yeah, let me maybe explain a bit of a story of, of, of my background or how I, how I got there. Um, I have a business background, actually, and I uh, studied innovation and entrepreneurship, management, these kind of things, and during my master's studies, uh, started an own little startup project, where now, in retrospective, I can actually say that it was the first time I was a product manager as well, so I was driving the vision of this company um, and defining the product, and then I was or my first job was as part of a, an accelerator program, Startup Bootcamp, or rather its mother company, which is um, Rainmaking. They are really, they are present in, or especially in Scandinavia. Um, we were based in Copenhagen back then. And what we did there was loads of corporate startup um, projects, like in, on the intersection of corporates and startups. Um, we did startup scouting, for example. We established innovation labs with these corporates um, and many different uh, projects. And one project was more um, building an internal product that helped us and other uh, colleagues to work more efficiently. Don't want to go into detail. But at some point, one of my um, engineering colleagues uh, said to me, oh, you're a really good product manager. And that's when I started looking it up. What does it actually mean? And I realized, wow, this is... Uh, a really cool job. Um, I read a lot about it. I talked to all the product managers I, I knew in my uh, network back then and uh, then realized that yeah, this is exactly what I want to do. And this is how I yeah, landed in product. And uh, at Haycar, I was always interested in mobility um, and I found it a really cool challenge or opportunity to be part of a completely new venture and uh, build it up with a great team from scratch. So what does Haycar actually do? Yeah, so it's a, a used car marketplace. So it combines uh, car dealers, used car dealers, with people searching for a car. Um, and so a typical listings product. Um, and um, yeah, so there's this the marketplace on one hand and we're trying to or we're looking for new business models at the same time experimenting a bit so for example um, we're looking more towards how, how we can enable an online transaction so instead of only generating leads to dealers um, at some point uh, or we're we see this trend of doing more of that online and maybe at some point don't even you don't even need to go to the dealer anymore but you can purchase the car online and sign the financing contract online. It's another thing we're looking into at the moment. Uh, so quite an exciting challenge. And one of the special specialties about this whole thing is that like the Haycar was founded by VW, like the big car mogul company itself. 
So, what are, what is your experience in this section? Does it, do you do you do you feel it every day that like VW runs the whole thing or like finance the whole thing, or is it more something on the side? How do, how how's the experience for you? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're completely right. So, Haycar was uh, let's say initiated by a big corporation by VWFS, so Volkswagen Financial Services. Um, they had the idea back then to create such a marketplace because it would solve their own problem. Okay. And they, uh, so their own problem of actually not having access to, to end customers. Mm -hmm. Um, that's because there's always the dealer in between, yeah. right? So they, they're not really learning directly from end customers. Yeah. Um, and also they saw a great market opportunity because the existing, um, marketplaces there are, really established and big players. Um, they are not, so those um, captive banks, as we call them, so these OEM banks, they're not really involved in those marketplaces. So the idea of creating an own marketplace would solve the problem of getting access to, to those end customers and also sell their own financing products directly through yeah. that. And um, yeah, so many of of us, of our colleagues, we are in touch with um, with the investors, so to speak, or with people from VWFS on a weekly, sometimes even daily basis, mm, especially in the beginning. So especially when the whole thing was set up, that's where we um, worked very closely with them to get all the uh, yeah, market expertise, industry expertise from them. Um And then we, tr we, it's also important for us to not involve them too much, but to, to remain independent and autonomous. Um, but I think it's a, yeah, a fine balance that we, that we try to, to find. What was the main, the main tool to find this balance? Because I could imagine it's kind of interesting because on the one side, they want to learn from you. On the other side, you need to learn from, from them. So that's definitely an interesting relationship that like you have both roles, teacher and learner or student all the time, or like potentially you have both the roles. So how did this work out or didn't work out in the beginning later worked out? Mm. Yeah, really good point. I mean, why uh, did they do this? Because they saw this market opportunity for themselves, um, but probably also because uh, they want to learn how our startups work and operate. Right? It's, it's interesting that they said we're not doing this internally or ourselves, but we have someone else um, do this for us and work closely with them. Um, so I think it's, it's also one of their goals to learn more, but it's more agile and startup-y, let's say, a way of working. Mm. And uh, for for the startup itself or us itself it it definitely also comes with with benefits of, of having this big corporate in in, in our back um, on one on the one hand uh, for sure given the the financial backing they can provide us with um, and they can be very generous with that um, but it's also um, a Yeah, let's say unfair advantage that they can provide us with in the market. So direct access to sales opportunities to all of their VW dealers, for example, in the beginning, yeah. we had direct access to them, which really helped to bring listings yeah. uh, on the product to bring um, stock on the marketplace, yeah. which is necessary in order to attract users then. 
Um, and it's also a reputational boost, not so much for users. Well, actually also there, because when they see, hey, there's a big brand behind us, um, it's it provides more trust than a completely new and unknown uh, yeah. internet brand, let's say it like yeah. that. But also especially um, in front of dealers, other brand dealers or other um, banks. We're also working with um, not only VWFS, but also closely with Daimler Financial Services and so on. And we're looking to expand this. So it's, it's really interesting, actually, that even though VWFS um, started this, it has been a um, multi-brand platform from the beginning. Um, this is something that came yeah, internally from this team who set up this company to say, this is the only way how we can see that this will be a successful product. Okay. Um, to have it multi-brand from the beginning. Was there persuasion ongoing to to say, okay, like we should have our car companies in it, or was it just say, okay, cool, do it? Or didn't you ask and just said, by the way, surprise? Mm. So it. Uh, so their original idea was to have it just for themselves, yeah. but uh, when we came with solid arguments, they they saw the point as well. Okay. Um, because for a for a single brand a marketplace, there I would say they there are already solutions, um, and the the only way that the the original founding team saw success was by going multi brand from the beginning. Yeah. yeah, cool. So if you have your your calls with, with your Mother section, if you want it like that, is it more advisor advisory position and also set up like that that they are just or also observer position, or is this also that they just can say, okay, we approve that this has worked, and otherwise it's not worked in this way. How how you how you handle that? Mm, so there are different levels. So first of all, there is a uh, a board, a byrat that also is involved in approving. Yeah approving ideas on making decisions in the end um, but on an operational level we are um, yeah we are working with with them in order to answer questions we have to solve problems uh, we are integrating a couple of of technical um, services also so it's both it's it's the more of a strategic involvement and also on an operational level yeah the next question is um because you're a company, you have a lot of people mm -hmm. and probably have a lot of problems, different problems. So how do you find the right person to help and how you do set up course? Is it then booked for several time or is it how you do this? Do you need to plan this ahead or is it kind of simple and straightforward? Yeah, so um, there was a learning also on our end that it, so in the beginning, it was really hard to identify who to talk to yeah. over there, right? And we could ask a couple of people, and then they would tell us to ask someone else and someone else again. And then uh, it took much longer to find the right person to talk to. Uh, the problem was already solved by then. Um, so what we ended up with or what we suggested uh, to them is to have um, one single point of contact. Yeah. Um, maybe two, depending on the team or the topic that um, is responsible for uh, making us, Heycar, a success. Or let's say making this relationship a success. So we, okay. whenever we have a question on operational level, we talk to this one person and then this person makes sure to get the information internally on their end. Cool. That's also a nice phrasing. I like phrasing a lot. 
it's responsible to make this relationship success. That's a really, really nice, nice phrasing for your job description. Cool. And that, that works better. That works better. Yeah. Um, it was important for us to, to have a voice in what or how this person should be. It, it needs to be a person who also thinks, uh, more entrepreneurial, let's say, who understands this way, how we as a startup work, right? Rather than uh, pointing out obstacles, uh, finding way of, of solving those. Um, so it was important for us that this person has our spirit. Yeah. Pointed out like that. Yeah. And it needs to come from the inside. Like it probably needs to have a good network, knows how things work, knows probably a lot of people as well. Mm. Which is kind of interesting because then you're starting to counter contradict yourself because normally people which have like stay for a long time in a company and also know a lot of people they are normally not entrepreneurial because otherwise they wouldn't stay long in a big Fair company point. so and probably each each team has their own contact or do you have one contact for so that so this person is actually the one single point of contact and sh and she brings in uh, her colleagues whenever necessary okay and she's the one contact for All hacker, like on for all operational yeah, hacker. Exactly. Yeah, interesting. Okay, and, it, and she's overrun or works out quite well. It works well. It's also not that like every one of us uh, approaches her. It's yeah. only certain teams that really need this uh, close yeah. interaction. So other teams, for example, marketing, they don't they don't uh, have much interaction with them, or let's say less than others. Um, And then they might have their direct contact as well, like for certain uh, marketing questions. Yeah. But usually this one person is at least always involved. Yeah, cool. And um, that's now we talked about a lot of positive things. What would you say were the more negative things you experienced? Um, so it also comes with, uh, with challenges, of course. And mostly around um yeah this relationship with with the specific type of stakeholder let's say um on the one hand they have um they have high or let's say clear expectations towards um generating revenue with such a product early on they have maybe less um understanding or less appetite for risk than for example VC uh, would have um and they also come up with with ideas and requirements all the time. So especially for us product <laughs> managers. Um, and that can be, you know, uh, understood a bit, uh, or let's say some people would probably see this as a big challenge or as a blocker or they, you know, they uh, would rather, and this is what a product manager should uh, do, you know, would rather come up with, with their own uh, requirements Um But I think here it's important to, in order to make this relationship work, to not just block block them away, um, but also understand or also see some value in those uh, ideas, let's say, or in those requirements. Because I mean, they have also years of market experience, so there might be something in that idea, or that's at least how I try to see it, to really understand what is it actually that they want to achieve with that, to to get to the core of of this suggestion, let's say. And then form something out of it that also works for your users and for your business. Not just, you know, accepting it as it is and just implementing it, but, but making sure that 
when implementing it, it also makes sense. How how do you handle it out of an agile perspective? So, take, like you could say, okay, uh, VW is your your customer and your main person for you to build it, but you can also know it's just one stakeholder and my main mm -hmm. customer, my main stakeholder is my customer which wants to buy the, the car. So how how do you handle that? How how is that set up? Yeah. So from a product perspective, um, I have two main let's say groups I look at. It's the 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 dealer and the user. So on a market base, it's mostly is uh, most of, it's usually two sides: yeah. supplier and and demand. And and this is who I'm focusing on. Um, we have. Uh, one product team that's only focused on the dealer perspective yeah. and most others are focused on anything related to the user. So you see that there's a bit of an imbalance. Um, when it comes to this, let's say, third type of stakeholders being the, um, also being as a captive bank, also being a provider of a solution in here or of a part of the product, the financing product, um, they are not just and not just the investor, but also play a role. Um, but when it comes to product management, not the first or the second role. Um, so again, it's about finding the balance of yeah. making them uh, felt heard. Like we hear what they're saying, uh, we and we try to involve them in, or at least make transparent how we make decisions and uh, why we prioritize what and when um but not also not just ignore them yeah 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 makes sense and you probably run regular like agile processes like stakeholder meetings after two weeks or something and then you go forward from there probably right yeah exactly so this was also i would say um much more present especially in the beginning when product was still defined and when yeah. it was launched and uh, the more mature we get, the more independent uh, we do this also, obviously. And, uh, yeah, and then they're mostly treated as any other stakeholder, internally or externally. Cool. So out of my, out of my experience, out of my knowledge is uh, how you build a platform is you create a demand on both sides and try to fulfill the demand and you try to um, scale it on both sides. Yeah. Similarity, so similar. Uh, Simultaneously, simultaneously, mm -hmm. as good as is possible. Uh, so if you say you have one team on the dealer side and all the other teams on the, on the customer side, what's the reason for that? So we also have a sales team that only takes care of, of dealers. Um, um, just from the product perspective, yeah. um, there's, and I mean, there is a team that only takes care of them, um, meaning that we also have a product towards them, like a dealer portal. Yeah. Um, but in general, the the way we looked at this from this marketplace perspective is to put certain amount of um, of offering on there. So in the beginning, uh, you know, we talked to so many dealers, we onboarded so many dealers uh, that there was certain certain amount of offering, and then it was about. You know, there was this moment where we said, "Wow, we have so we have actually much more dealers now than we thought. We now need to focus on users." Um, and that showed us, you know, that there needs to be the balance at some point. But you start, you start with a certain type of offering and then bring the users on there. And then once you have more and more users coming, then also more dealers get interested and then they come from 
So you figure out that like the users are the main point to 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 grow and like what's kind of the need to grow them. Yeah, I mean it doesn't work if you only focus on them. It's always uh, both need their attention at the right time. Yeah, cool. Um, What are your challenges today? Hmm. Um, Yeah. So as I described a bit earlier so there are some certain type of challenges of doing product management in in, in such a setup right yeah. um especially or exactly because they they want to be involved of course or uh, or let's say the original intent of of this was to solve their own problem right rather yeah. than maybe um a user's problem um and i, I think it's a challenge for all of us product managers here to make this um yeah to make this a product driven company um and not just a sales driven company or to find the balance here um and this is again also a process of of both um or let's say of um yeah of us product managers holding a strong position internally yeah. And then also the management understanding this, the value of being a product-driven company, and uh, communicating this again to uh, to the investors, to the board, and so on. This is a challenge, and it's a process, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, I think this will make the difference in the end. <laughs> Do you, did you have the feeling that like this challenge got easier over time? Because I can imagine like this is a constant constant uh, negotiation or constant mm. learning do you think it's getting easier or do you think it will stay kind of like that mm, so there are ups and downs um, I would say you know after showing initial success uh, it, it became a bit easier because they gained trust and that yeah. that we know what to do and we know how to do it um, and then when rather difficult times come, then they want to be involved again. Um, so it's sometimes this, like, you know, you need to prove yourself for them to, to realize the value. Um, but then they, they might come back. So it's, yeah, it's an up, it's a back and forth and up and down. <laughs> it's interesting because like in the nature of a startup, it's like to fail and learn out of that and then yeah, find, try and error, find out what works. So it's interesting, like the. I would say the general understanding of agile of, or of agility that they want to learn and they or pretend they they want to learn. Um, and then when it comes to the to the hard truth, um, this is maybe not always the case. Yeah. But they are also learning with us, and they are also learning that you can learn from mistakes. Um, so here we we see we see that they are more open towards. Uh, yeah, these general agile methodologies and ways of working. Yeah, cool. Uh, where, where do you say uh, will be the, the car mobile sector, like the transportation sector in the next five years? Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, when we talk about mobility, uh, there are... So when people talk about all these trends, of course, you know, starting with e-mobility or autonomous driving. And I actually think that autonomous cars are not that far in the future, maybe not five years, but I think in 10 years, they will be quite normal. Um, really 
curious, actually excited for this time. Um, for us, uh, also, I mean, sharing the sharing economy is an important uh, topic for us as well, right? Um, yeah. And I think there is a broad spectrum between sharing, car sharing, and ownership of car, right? We see, um, so next to all these tech trends, we also see a change in user behavior and consumer behavior. So not not everyone wants to own a car. Actually, less and less people want to own a car. Um, what's more important to more people, it's the actual access to mobility. So rather usage than ownership. And um, car sharing is on the one extreme of this uh, or one end of this um, spectrum. But I think there are yeah, more and more ideas or business models popping up um, on this spectrum. For example, um, yeah, subscription services or also private leasing as a, as a kind of financing option is becoming more relevant. Um, so this, these are things that, we, that we're seeing already now and that will probably um, yeah, become even more relevant over the next months and years. Um, and then the combination of, of all of those. Uh, so I think that platform businesses will play a much uh, higher role that, you know, combine all of these single apps um, or single um, um, solutions, let's say, um, starting from car sharing to ride hailing to uh, not only cars actually also other types of mobility yeah. um, that we're that we're see that we see coming so um, yeah making this a single user interface i think is something is one of the trends we will see more and more and which will make the solutions successful yeah germany is definitely interesting uh, country for cars like feeling like historically we, we love our cars like we identify with our cars much or more than other countries and it would be will be interesting to see how the, this transformation happens so it's probably driven by digitalization it's probably driven by upcoming generations which probably don't think like that would you say it's a I, one 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 factor which drives it more in this direction? Mm, yeah, so you're completely right, right? We are quite special car people here yeah. in Germany. Uh, <laughs> so I think these trends that I just described are probably uh, more prominent already in other countries or other markets. Yeah. Um, yeah. It starts with financing or leasing of a car, which here is, especially leasing for private cars, is not a very prominent uh type of getting access um, whereas in other countries it's, it is much more yeah. um, but it's I think it's a process it will take time the question is how fast or how slow it will be yeah. um, but you're completely right so Germans are really peculiar about their cars yeah, yeah. Um, what would you say does a does a young person need to do to become a product manager Yeah, it's interesting because there can be so many different paths towards product management. Um, I mean, I see it here. I see it with other product managers I interact with that they have completely different backgrounds sometimes and completely different stories of how they got into product management. And I think that, um, yeah, many of them didn't even intend uh, or like on, on purpose wanted to, to get into product. 
um, I see this coming more and more now with like more people understanding or realizing the value or the, yeah, the, how, how cool this role is. Let's put it like this. Um, cause I think it's such an, uh, such a relevant and important role in, in, in any startup. Um, that I, so whoever th considers this to be a career choice for them, I think it's, you know, making clear that you really want this and why. And what helped me especially was to talk to many, to all the product managers I had in my network, to understand how they got into it, um, to understand the, yeah, the required skills, how a day-to-day -day of a product manager looks like, um, Because I would say it's not an easy job. It's a, it can be a very, uh, very fulfilling job for certain kinds of people. It's not for everyone. Um, and then you can also look internally in where you're working right now to, um, you know, find your own pro projects. So I would say product managers are also, are the rather entrepreneurial type of people. So you can, you know, when you identify a problem, um, or a challenge in your current company, just go there, approach people and try to, to create your own product role somehow or, or, um, be part of a project where you can at least approximate, um, this kind of role where you can work together with engineers, with designers, where you can talk to users, understand their pain points and, uh, um, yeah, without even having this title, trying to, to, to pursue such a role on a more project basis. So would you also define a product manager like that? Did you say product manager's job is to define a problem and then like to take the people with you to help them to solve it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it, I think it, it all starts with understanding your, your user, understanding the pain points, the, the needs they're facing, um, understanding your current product, weaknesses of your product, and then uh, defining or coming up with, with concepts or solutions that solve these problems. Um, there is, or so how do you come up with these? Um, or how do you understand these? There's always the, the more, the data part, the quantitative part by looking into, you know, click behavior or other kinds of data you can uh, generate through your current product and then also which I find also super important is more the qualitative part so talking to users talking to potential customers um, observing them how they use your product observing them how they use um, other solutions competitor solutions or um, how they solve the problem otherwise um, and then combining these insights uh, and Yeah, formulating hypotheses out of these. And, and then the other exciting part about product management is, uh, yeah, creating concepts that could solve these problems, that could uh, validate these hypotheses, and then also um, implement them, test them in a very lean way, uh, working together with designers, with engineers. It's a very communicative uh, role. You talk to so many people, you have we're in many meetings uh, all day long. Um, we, as a product manager, you make the decisions, you make the roadmap. Um, so it's a very, yeah, let's say versatile or manifold uh, role, many different tasks uh, at the same time. Um, but that makes it uh, such an exciting role as well. And you can really have an impact and you, you, you decide on your product and 
Um, and then there is another really important um, aspect towards this role, which is more the, the people part of it. So I see myself as someone who creates an atmosphere where where the rest of the team can work best, right? Where the designer can can uh, create amazing designs, where the engineers know exactly uh, what to do and to create a, a yeah a place where they can work efficiently and where they like to go to. I mean, for me, it's also always super important that uh, we have a cool team atmosphere that people enjoy coming here. So next to building a great product that users like to use, it's also to build a cool team atmosphere where where colleagues like to work. A few special things you do there, like which is you do specially. Mm. So, um, hmm, what are special things? So we try out many different things. Um, I always ask uh, how how the team feels about these uh, new ideas or concepts or or meth- methods, methodologies we try out, what they think of it. I have delighted if, if there's anything we can improve. Uh, there are retros. Um, we have other kinds of meetings. I mean, it's always a balance of making, of, of involving people, of making them feel involved, but not take too much time of them. Um, and... Yeah, so also this is a, it's a process for the team. I mean, it's also, it also depends on the types of people in your team, yeah. their personalities. Um, not everyone wants to be part of all the cool activities. Um, uh, so everyone, uh, yeah, understand how your team members' personalities are and what they appreciate. So you do regular team events or something like mm-hmm. that? Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, we started with like monthly team events and, I think this is quite unique also in our team that there are, um, that we are friends also outside of work. Yeah. And, uh, it happens sometimes that every week we, like once a week we hang out after work. Uh, I think that's, that's quite unique actually. Cool. Yeah. And the tech world is kind of like male dominated. Like you have a lot of men, um, working in there. Would you say it's made it different for you as a woman in this world? Or how's your experience with that? Mm, so it's definitely true that it's, I mean, one of many industries, I guess, that is where women are uh, less present, let's yeah. say. Um, I think one aspect is that... Um, so I've never felt like I'm I'm in a disadvantaged position or anything like that, or very rarely, let's put it like this. Um, but what I do see that's missing is, uh, yeah, more role models, uh, a support network of um, women that have been in the that are much more experienced in the same situations. Um, so what I've done is I've created my, my own support network. Let's put yeah. it like this: like I have. I'm really lucky to have uh, great, uh, very close friends who are in similar situations, and uh, we we support each other a lot. We talk about uh, about um, about our careers a lot, about how we reflect, about leadership, about uh, what we want to achieve, um, and that really helps. Um, so, I think things are happening here as well, and uh, we need to 
to seize these opportunities. We need to push these opportunities. It's great that it's such a, yeah, such a topic now that people talk about a lot that it gets more and more awareness. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then in the end, I think it's really about everyone, um, realizing it both men and women, but not making it a big deal or a problem, yeah. but, uh, also seeing opportunities and chances in there. Yeah, sounds very good. I agree. So, um, for educa educating yourself, you always said like you like to talk to, to mentors, to people to learn. Um, what else for sources you have to educate yourself? For example, what are your favorite books? Mm, yeah, so... Um, I read many product-related uh, books, I would say, especially in the beginning when I wanted to uh, to start or to get into this role. Um, What was your favorite? Um, so uh, one really good uh, business book that that I think I can mention here, it's not so much product, but business or entrepreneurship yeah. in general, is um, The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. Yeah. Um What I like about this book is that it's not just talking about advice or how you should do things, but he he talks about um, also after setting it up about all the fuck ups about how hard things can be and how he overcame this. So I thought it was a bit more, uh, you know, down to the actual truth. Yeah. And yeah, so many interesting insights you I, I took out of this book. Um, yeah, so I you know I read I read books I read. Uh, Podcast. I listen to podcasts. I read blogs and so on. So I think there's really so much out there uh, in the web and also in print. A lot to inform yourself. I think sometimes I, I realize also things are repeating themselves. Yeah. So at some point, it's also just about trying things, things out and learning by doing, yeah. learning by talking to other PMs and just trying it out. Definitely. And my last question is: um, If you could go back in time to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? <laughs> mm, I would probably tell her to not be afraid, um, to not worry too much or not think too much about uh, next steps, about career, about the, the future. But yeah, listen to the gut more, try things out, stay true to yourself, um, try to really understand what what brings you joy um, and yeah try things out take risks and don't be too afraid cool thank you very much thank you it was a pleasure